Welcome to the Final Whistle Podcast. I'm your host today, Javon, and I'm here with my co-host. Ryan, guys, what's going on? What's going on? Yeah, it's been a while. <laughs> we had some things to start out. Um, oh, it's just... our version of the winter break, Javon. We needed it. Yeah, we needed it. We needed it. Uh, it's just going to be Ryan and I today. Uh, so let's get this show started. Right into it. It's been a busy, 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 busy transfer window so far. Oh, transfer window ended. Um, it was an amazing um, transfer window for Chelsea. Your oh, you're telling me. <laughs> it was spent a lot of money. Um, but hey, Ren, where do you want to start? Where do you want to start? Uh, let's definitely start with the Premier League. You brought them up. Chelsea, they were the big spenders. Todd Bowley came in and was like, you know what? We got to spend a lot of money. And boy, did he flex it. Oh, my oh, God. His wall- I don't think he even <laughs> felt a thing, man, the amount of money he spent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know what the funniest thing. I was speaking to Andrew about this. Andrew said literally everything we said on the podcast, that, that Chelsea episode, he went and either did the opposite or he followed instructions. I don't know. Bowley, if you're listening to me, I'm free for hire. Anytime. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so let, let, let's um run through some of the... Let's take a step back here and run through some of the signings that they made. Um, Starting with Mihailo Mudrik. Uh, costing a, a roughly $105 million from Shakhtar Donetsk. Um, that one stung. I'll, I'll let you have that. That one stung a little bit. Yeah. If you're going to break it down, um, let's break it down like this. There's only two clubs in the running for him. Shakhtar. First of all, he's a, let's let's take a step back and look at it from the evalu- evaluation from Shakhtar Donetsk. Um, they valued this player at $100 million. Um, Arsenal are in front of him. Which, in my opinion, I don't think he was worth. Not at no, 100 no, 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 no. He's... Normally, when you pay a hundred million, you're getting something close to the finished product, or they've or they're show they've showed their talent over a minimum of two seasons. Like Bellingham, he would be a hundred mo- million pound player. No, 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 no arguing with that. Yeah, Bellingham, um, yes. Declan yeah. Rice, yes. yes yeah. If you're talking about young talent who's already kind of done it, proven themselves, yeah, yeah they they haven't really won anything as of yet, but. These are the prodigious talents that you want in your team. Yeah, and they show some form of consistency. Correct. Mihailo Madrid, while he's a brilliant player, I can't, from what I've seen, he's he's a he has a potential to be world class. Correct. Um, his former CEO for well, the CEO for Shakhtar said he could potentially win the Ballon d'Or one day. We'll see how that um, unfolds. But I don't think it was a hundred million. I'd say forty, maybe fifty. Um, but back to the topic at hand, um, Shakhtar Donetsk set their asking price for a hundred million. Um, Arsenal went in with a bid, I think with, it was 70 plus add-ons and it came to 95 in total. Yeah. I think we started around 50, 55 first. And then we, we went back, we went to 60, 65, 70, and that's where we ended. It's like, oh, that's a lot of money. Yeah. 70 plus add-ons, which evaluated, um, which amounted to a 95, um, I think if yeah kept pushing, if Arsenal kept pushing, they would have got got it. But Shakhtar wanted the money, and we then kept to see that that twenty one million dollars out of that money was donated back to the troops mm-hmm. um, for the war. Um, I think from a Chelsea pers- perspective, because we the first time we went in for Enzo Fernandez, we failed so hard. He we decided to address other areas of the team because we did have Mihailo Madrid. Yeah. Um, um, come and watch the game at the bridge. 
Um, do you guys think you needed Mudrick so badly, though? Being no. that you do have a lot of wingers on your team. We don't... Uh, no, 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 no. We, we have... Apart from Sterling I don't, and, and Pulisic, I don't think we have a lot of wingers. I think we have a lot of number 10s playing out of position. Okay. We... If you look at the the type of profile player Mihalo Magic is, he's the type of player that takes the ball and likes to run at defenses. A 1v1 player that's going to go past people. Apart from Sterling and Pulisic, when they when Pulisic can be fit and Sterling, he just takes the ball and runs past people. He, he's really lackluster in his final third decision-making. Um, I don't think we have that player. So I think we needed a player like Mihalo Magic. I just... Didn't expect us to go so f- hard for him so fast. Ad- an option I thought would have better suited us would have been Rafael Leal, only because we've had links to him in the past and we almost signed him on the last day last uh, of the transfer window last summer. Mm-hmm. But he didn't want to leave. Uh, no, n- not in this window. He I think he more wanted towards to the go, summer. Yeah, um, and in the, in the summer window of last year, he wanted to leave, but we because we went in so late for him. AC Milan couldn't find a replacement. So they so they had a hard stance, but no. Um everyone knows Mihalo wanted to wanted Arsenal. It shocked the world when he came to Chelsea, but there were I spoke to Fabrizio Ramon, Romano on this and his one of his Amazon one of his AMP calls where where you can log in and speak to him directly. He, he stated that um the board of Chelsea had direct talks with Mihalo Marjik. And Graham Potter spoke to him, and he liked the the. We offered him a starting position. That's one. So that's gonna get anybody head turned. Whether you wanted to go to the, the the their most feared rival in London, a starting position in the Premier League for one of the top clubs. Correct. It's kind of hard to say no. Plus the wages you'll be on. Plus on top of that, that the, the project being sold, that the, the 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 club would be built around him and a few others. Um, the squad would be built around him and a few others. I understand why he came, and I think he kind of. I don't want to paint this in in a, in like a positive light where hey, he wanted to go to Arsenal and we still stand him. You know how I was about the transfer. I was mm-hmm. raging on about it, but when deep diving and looking into detail about it, it turns out, um, Chelsea played the cards right in in terms of how they approached him, and the project and how Graham Potter sold the project. So I think. Yes, there's an element of money involved, but I think he kind of so chose the project because honestly, at Arsenal right now, when Jesus is back, I don't think he would start. Give I don't care how he lights it up. You're not dropping Martinelli uh, and Saka for him, given where they brought you so far in the season. Fair point there. Uh, for the other signings that Chelsea has as well, uh, you guys also spend a massive amount of money on Enzo Fernandez. Uh, you guys broke the English record with him as well, mm. uh, around about 107 million uh, pounds, 132 yeah. million dollars in that deal. Good price for him, being that he's a World Cup winner. I think this, the price skyrocketed because of his um, World winning because he won the World Cup. But here's the thing: before he went to the World Cup, he he was playing brilliantly for, for Benfica, and he was his last season at River Plate was one of his best seasons. So. There is a player in there. He's a good player. But so, winning the World Cup did not help Chelsea in terms of um 
But was he someone money. already on Chelsea's radar, or was it someone where okay, this guy's you know he was shining in the World Cup, and Ted Bowler is like one hundred percent in the World Cup. The, the, there's a, there's quotes from Todd Bowling. He literally said that after the World Cup final. He said, get me that guy. <laughs> We're not making this up. That was from the horse's mouth himself. Um, uh, I think we were eyeing Declan Rice. I think we're still eyeing Declan Rice just to partner him long term. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were, last summer, we were targeting Alvarez from Ajax. So we were already looking to bolster that um center midfield because Jorginho is J5 is our no J20. We'll get to that a bit later. It's not it. Not it. And um, um, on top of that, we needed someone that can partner or Zachary or Kovacic. That's not Kante. That can play big um, passes. That's not a defense. That's not liability. That's not a defensive liability to Chelsea. Okay. No. With that being said, and he only played one match, and he's an upgrade on Jorginho. Just the way how he integrates with the team, because he he's likes to defend. Yes, and he, That's and, where I got and, it, and, he, and he actually likes to defend. He mm-hmm. loves putting in a tackle. He loves be, he he loves being aggressive, and that's more so what we needed versus the creativity. The creativity for me is just a plus. Okay. Um. We also brought in Joao Felix. No, I don't care what anyone says. We were always linked to Joe Felix. From last summer, we were linked to Joe Felix. Arsenal, I don't want to hear it. Arsenal fans, we don't want to hear it. I still have yet to see Joe Felix in the Chelsea shirt. I'm just saying. I saw him for a good 60 minutes. Best player on the pitch. Let's just say he was more red than blue in that 60 minutes, okay? But uh, uh-huh. so for some of your other players, like uh, Badashili, Fofana, Andre Santos, mm-hmm. uh, Madueke, Malugusto, mm-hmm. uh, those are players. There's a theme with all of your transfers. All of them are young players. Mm-hmm. The rebuild, you could clearly see it here. Um, the message, for uh, I'm assuming, for your team is, hey, if you don't fit the plans, you're out. Summertime, I'm sure you guys are going to clear house. We're, we're clearing house. This is the first team that's um, done an overall in a January transfer window it's unprecedented and i love the i love the direction i didn't expect the overhaul to come so quickly no what i do when i want people to notice is that half of those players are going to play with the academy um andre santos has been ripping it up in the under 20 cup uh for brazil so he may gain a starting not let me not he may gain my first team uh appearance just at the end of the season um Madueke, he's brilliant. So I, I I expect him to be in first team. But Yashil, he's our he's a rock at the back. Him and Thiago Silva, that's a partnership. It's sad that we left him out of the Champions League um squad, but we had to register Mudrick and um the deal with Zach fell through, so we couldn't so we did have that extra body. Zayek was oh. supposed to go to PSG, if I'm not yeah, mistaken. Yeah, and that, that deal fell through on the last day because of some technicality at Chelsea's end, which is kind of embarrassing. The fax machine didn't work. Essentially. Essentially. What I do like, the setting that I really do like is Joao Felix. You know, I've been harping on about him. I've been singing his praises since he was Atletico. I've been begging for him to come to Chelsea and so many other podcasts. He's finally here. I just say you're his. You're the. Uh, he's your second favorite player behind uh, number five. <laughs> no, <laughs> the, the new number five, maybe, but not the old number five. Um, 
if it, but if we roll it back here, we now have dynamic pair players that can take people on one v one. Whether that's Madiweke, whether that's Felix, whether that's Modric. What's missing now is that number nine. No, when um Felix made his debut, he made his debut as a center forward. So I don't know, I don't know if Potter's gonna start him in that. Um, central position and have either Sterling and Mujikov coming off the wings or Mudiwick and Sterling coming off the wings. Um, but I would, and Reese James and Chilwell is back, are, are back. Zakaria is, is coming back this weekend along with Kovacic. So we should see a different look um, for Chelsea um, and going forward. The only, we'll see how we do in the Champions League. I just want us to start, you know, having better performances and see where we go and climbing the league table. Okay. Uh, so apart from Chelsea, obviously they weren't the only ones spending in this transfer market. Uh, it was quoted that uh, the Premier League clubs, give or take, spent uh, give or, uh, around about a million dollars. $739 million In pounds, right? Yeah. Okay. So, and, which is quite a, a lot of money compared to what the rest of the leagues around the world. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Liverpool, they made some recruitments. Most of so, uh, notable one would be the Cody Gapko. I think he was the only r- actual transfer that came through. Majority of them were loans. Yeah. Uh, yeah. How do you think he'll fit in uh, with them? Well, uh, I think my honest opinion on, on this is a brilliant transfer. They got him for a steal, but he went into a team that's underperforming. Hence, the team is affecting him. And not him affecting the team. No, Diego Jota, Virgil Van Dijk, and Roberto Roberto Firmino are back. They may be on the bench this weekend. And we're still waiting on the Luis Diaz as well. And we're still waiting on Lucho. So Luis Diaz. So maybe with those players coming back, they can kind of charge for how Liverpool is playing and improve their season. But he's as I think it, the the deal itself is a brilliant signing. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the other transfers that came in, um. Where Matias Cunha from Atletico Madrid. He went right. to Wolves. Yeah, Kaylor Navas from Nottingham Forest. Correct. Two Nottingham, Nottingham Forest. What do you think of those two transfers? Uh, Kaylor Navas was a bit of a shock. Uh, but I mean, it's it's either sit at the bench at PSG and let um, uh, the Italian goalie skips my mind uh, for PSG. Uh, but it's either it's it's either. Uh, uh, you mean Donnarumma? Donnarumma. There we go. Mm-hmm. I almost called him a fun for for a <laughs> second. There. <laughs> but yeah, Taylor Navas for Nottingham Forest. Uh, you know, I wouldn't say it's you know it is a step down, obviously, but at least you know he's guaranteed number one, and he's kind of sidelining uh Henderson there. Uh, but it is much needed. They also got a bunch of other players as well. Chris yeah. Wood from Newcastle, Felipe Philippine from Atlanta. From, yeah, that, 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 that was that, a big that could, one. Yep, that's could potentially be a good um, um, signing. Um, these transfers might have practically saved this team from relegation because yes. these their are, whole team was just br- built this uh, just for this season. Exactly. So we'll um, we, we, we see how that um, carries out. Yeah, there, there's a lot of transfers around the world. Um, most notably, what I wanted to make note of was Sean Dyche going to Everton. Mm-hmm. You saw how that played out against that new manager bounce, and you know Sean Dyche, he's just Instant gonna ask his players to run. Instant effect. Uh, I, they didn't really get much new. Uh, he was the only transfer, Sean Dyche. <laughs> besides, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. 
Mm-hmm. And you saw the impact right away. Uh, the the issue they're probably going to face is because they let go of Anthony Gordon. They got a good fee for him. Mm-hmm. Is They're going to need to get goals and they're going to need to get creative. Uh, mm. It's going to probably be another dogfight for them, but at least they got someone who's experienced at that. That's his expertise. That's what he's been through. So I'm sure he could guide Everton to a, a safety position at the end of the season. Most um, definitely. I wanted to get your ideas on what you thought about that last, um, that shot move for Joe Cancelo to Byron. That was huge. Man City. Um, certain thing, you know, it's starting to unravel a bit at City, and it's at the crucial time of the season too. Right as it's you know, Champions League is right around the corner. For them to lose a player of his quality. Is I think it's gonna be massive. I think it's. Um, do you think it's lose or I think they? Because it felt to me like they just shipped him out. It felt like to me, him and Pep had a falling out, and he's like, Pep's like, you know what? I don't want you at the club. You don't want to be here. Just leave. And they got rid of him. Listen, for Pep to just give it just that quickly, you know, give in and just say, hey, get out of here. You know, I I'll be fine without you. That if you know if he doesn't win the Champions League or the league, I you could see the ramifications from just that. As well, but there's also grumblings from other players as well, who's mm-hmm. been wanting starting positions. Like Silva, Phil Foden's another one. Mm-hmm. Um, so these are players that are itching to play as well, mm-hmm. and you know his team is kind of struggling a little bit. Uh, you know, they're what was it three away losses in a row already? Yeah, and um, he benched Kevin De Bernard in the Spurs game, saying it was a tactical. It's like who's who's one of your best players, and you know. Technically, and you're gonna bench him for that. I don't yeah. think that was a good idea, but yeah, I, I think there's something more. There's something going on in the camp, as one of my friends would say. Um, there's something deeper than what what we're in the media is privy, to, or what we are privy to. There's definitely something going on there. Um, popping over to the other side of Manchester, Christian Eriksen is gonna be out for a few weeks, and they got in Sabitzer. Correct, yes, Sabitzer they got in um, from Bayern Munich. It was a loan deal along with Veghorst, mm. who they also got in. Uh, I thought Veghorst was a was a yeah. good signing for them, um, especially a big guy for like those games where it's like they get stuck in, uh, uh, or teams that they get stuck in. I think he will be a good player for them. Um, they got Butland as well as a backup goalie. Mm. Mm-hmm. He was, a, he was an interesting pickup. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but what, but what I really wanted to ask you about was, what do you think about your chance of winning there? Because you guys got Trussard and we Jorginho. Got, we got our, he's he's been evolved to J twenty. Um, a lot of the Arsenal fans, it's he got a mixed reception from it. Um, a lot of it's the oh, we just keep on buying Chelsea rejects. Mm-hmm. You know how it turned out with David Luiz and Villian. Well, David Luiz was. Yeah, hit, or miss. hit or miss with that. Yeah, Villain was a shit show. We, we can write him off. Um, Peter Cech, he was good until the Europa League final. We'll leave mm-hmm. it at that. Mm-hmm. But uh, Jorginho, he's not going to be starting for us. Uh, and I think he knows it as well. I don't want to call him a stopgap. But you, you could see that I think he's going to be there for cover. Um, and I, I do think he'll fit a little bit more into this Arsenal system. You know how he plays. He's He's a sideways player. Uh, mm-hmm. He's tidy on the ball. The issue is, how good is he going to be defensively? On you know, because I'm a little bit worried if there's a Jaka and Jorginho in the middle of that field, and uh, <laughs> there's there's a little bit of worry there. So, mm-hmm. depending on who we're playing against, and you put some pacey players up against those two, uh, yeah, we'll we'll see how that turns out. But Trossard, I thought he was a good signing, uh, especially how he played his cards with Brighton. 
Mm-hmm. I thought he was a good uh, signing there. Uh, I think he'll fit into this team naturally. Um, and not only that, he'll provide competition for the kids as well. Yeah. You I, know, I, Martinelli, Saka, and as well as even Odegaard. He can even play through the middle too. Yeah, but, yeah. Because um, from the outside looking in, I thought that was a brilliant – that was probably the best piece of transfer I've seen all the transfer window. Because, one, he's a proven Premier League player. Proven Premier League goal scorer. He's been tearing it up with Brighton. And you got him for, what, 25, 30 mil. Correct. It would have been a better setting than if you guys got Mahalo Modric. Because I know the potential is there for Modric, but think about it. He still has to prove he can do it on a consistent basis in the Premier League. Correct. And we're not uh, dumping that. Ca- I wouldn't say that you guys dumped it, but like it was that whole Nicolas Pepe thing yeah. where you just threw a lot of money on a player because they had a breakthrough season. Mm-hmm. And now there's not that much of you know investment in worry and Trossard as well. Mm. So I I I want to say that you know he, we're not expecting him to score ten goals. But, yeah, because he's not starting every game. Yeah. No, and whatever he does contribute, that'll be great for us. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also got uh, Jacob Qr from Spezia, mm-hmm. uh, and I was surprised that we got another defender. I thought we were pretty well settled in defense, mm-hmm. but Arteta's you know he shored up shot back there to mm-hmm. make sure hey if. You're leaking goals if, you know, if, if something's happening back there, there's someone else to replace you. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I yeah. like that. I like that too. And if all else fails, just try and draw. If, if the Nitty Gitty comes to the last five games of the season, just draw everyone. <laughs> <laughs> so, it is what it is. Um, but overall, decent transfer window uh, for us. Um, Premier League, some pretty good deals that we went out. Uh, we covered the Cunha uh, deal as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, who else was it that was a big name? That came in. Uh, oh, and Weston McKinney for Leeds. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then, then Jesse March gets fired, fired. Then the game after. <laughs> the game after. Yeah, that uh, was a rough one. But, uh, so far, he hasn't impressed in his two games. And no. It's, it, it all the, uh, Leeds, they drew against United. Um, they play against That was a better outing. That was a yeah. better outing. They showed a lot more fight there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Let's take a quick run around in the rest of the in, in the rest of Europe. We're just gonna say yep. some of the notable transfers. Let's start off with Bayern. Jan Sommer, they got him for the got him got him in for the um injured Neuer. Now here's a, here's my thing, right? I, I I'm not saying Neuer is gonna last forever, but when Neuer does get healthy, Jan Sommer isn't gonna start over Neuer. No, and I think they only signed him on a six months six months contract, and okay. then depending on the the, the Depending on the fitness situation on Neuer, may keep him, may sell him on. There's been ramif- uh, I've been reading. There's ramifications with the uh, the coaching with uh, Neuer's getting back to fitness, and he's, you know, he wanted his own fitness coach. Do you think there could be like an issue with Neuer leaving yep. Bayern at some yep. point? Yep, he's been there. He's won everything. We'll just have to see how that unfolds. Joe Cancelo, ah, we talk about it from the city's end. What a coup for Bayern! Listen, I thought at one point with the other clubs catching up to um, to Bayern Munich, they're you know the Bayern is just one point uh, ahead of uh, I believe it's Leipzig. Un- Union, Union Berlin. Berlin is the other one that's there, and Borussia Dortmund's not that far off either. Mm. Now you just reinforce it with Jean Cassel. I'm like, come on, just ah. I'm not but saying that just, he's gonna win him the title, but that's but just, just another arson. They're just another fit, uh, cap in their fit, feather in their cap, or cap in their feather. Uh, whatever they say it is, yeah. It and he starts, fun. gets two assists. Two games, like what? <laughs> He's effective immediately. So I think I think Pep's gonna regret uh, with that man. I, I well. think he is too. I think he is too. They we already covered that. They left. They let 
uh, Marcel Sabitzer go unknown. Yep. And Daily Blin, they got him for free from Ajax. Dortmund, Sebastian Haller, we're putting this on the list only because he beat testicular cancer. He's back at starting for Dortmund and he got his first goal over the weekend. So let's give him a round of applause here. Let's go. Yes, yeah, congratulations. Yes. And score two. Celebrated. Let's go. Thurgan Hazard, which is this was surprising to me. None of the seems like none of the Hazard's brothers are playing well. <laughs> but uh Thurgan Hazard got loaned out to uh I think it's PSV. Uh but here's the thing. Adayemi want to look out for, took his spot, so it is what it is. And Thurgan Hazard scored over the weekend for a PSV. There we go. I think it is PSV. I think he came into the place, but we can. Moving on. And PSG, let Navas go. They let Pablo Sarabia go, who went to Wolves, surprisingly. This was a yeah. shocking transfer. Um, Wolves are stocking up. Uh, but PSG, uh, I think they were a bit more. I don't, I don't want to be harsh in saying this, but trimming the fat. Yeah. Um, I think there's. Because they're trying to re sign Messi. Uh, they got Mbappe locked up. Mm-hmm. And they know they got Neymar for at least two more seasons, if I'm not yes. mistaken. So they know that their attack is fine. I think they they're wanting to solidify their midfield and defense. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I honestly think French league is already there. So uh, their main focus is going to be Champions League. Hundred percent, hundred percent. But uh, I don't want to say the French league is already there because Marseille is on their tail. Um, I want to see. I, I always push for title races everywhere. Title race. Let's go. Um, um, I, I got to see Marseille take the lead first until and then. And then. <laughs> then yeah, 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 yeah. That, that, that's understandable. That's valid. That's valid. Pop it over to Spain. Atletico Madrid. That just like you said, trimming the fat. Matis, Cunha leaving. Felix left. On loan, of course. Felipe left. Sainte was supposed to join. Uh, that deal fell through. Matt Doherty cancelled his contract with Tottenham and signed with Atletico Madrid, and Memphis Depay made the move from Barcelona to Atletico Madrid. Give the La Liga title to Atletico. <laughs> every time Barcelona gave them a striker, they ended up winning the league. I think they're too far behind for that. So, <laughs> uh, Barcelona, Hector Bellerin left. Sad to see where his career is going to, because I always liked him as a right-back. Um, they registered Gavi. He's nowhere in the number six. And Memphis Depay left. I would have been shocked if Barcelona signed another player. I don't know how they would have found the resources, what kind of levers they would have had to pull to get a new signing in. But listen, they're doing good in the league. Uh, I don't think signing is their priority at this point. I think trimming the fat is what they got to do. Get rid of some contracts. Yep. Free up some money. Um, And then, you know, build. Uh, let Javi take control and build his team. Yep, 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 yep. Um, notable quick miss. Spurs signed Pedro Porro on a loan. I think it was a loan uh, with the option to buy. Solid yep. signing for Spurs. Yeah, that's a good uh, uh, right back position. He's not going to win anything, but it's, not <laughs> it's a solid side. Solid side. And yeah, that's that wraps it up for uh, just a recap of the transfer window. We'll see how these players do at the new club. And let's keep an eye out for that. Now, um, Speaking of uh, clubs, Juventus, oh boy, 
Juventus had a 15-point deduction after failing, after, after I think it was breaching some form of financial fair play um, FFF, FFP rule. Uh, what were your thoughts on this? Um, personally, I thought it was harsh, especially to do a mid-season. Mm. Uh, I thought they should have either started the next season with the 15 points deduction because mm. what the players already accomplished this season, and then you're going to hit them with that. And, and it's not the player's fault. It's, it really isn't. And, you know, why are you going to threaten their Champions League, even though they probably wouldn't have got – or even that, take away Champions League. Pun- you got to punish them financially, and you also got to punish them. But uh, I I don't see the need to punish them mid-season. Mm-hmm. Um, it just throws everyone else off. Uh, obviously, the other clubs will benefit from that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they're sitting at 26 points. They're about – what is it? Thirteen points off of a Champions League spot. It's it's still doable. They can, it's, if, what what else was the do? What if they came back from that, I you know my hat would off to them. Mm-hmm. Yep, it would yep. be a big middle finger to you know <laughs> that fifteen point punishment that they got. <laughs> exactly, and then um, all the talks would be, see, we could have won the league if we didn't have the fifty. But no, you're not. No, they weren't taking that home. Yeah, they weren't <laughs> close to Napoli. No one's uh, close to Napoli. Napoli's taking it home. Then. They're out of there, man. Yeah, Napoli's focusing on the Champions League right now. Um, yeah, and um, Tebas's comments regarding um Chelsea are and not not Chelsea, but the English club spending money. Uh, it's weird because you know when Barcelona was doing it a couple seasons ago, he was also running his mouth about it too. Exactly, and when Barcelona, when a club is in the amount of debt as Barcelona, in that plays in La Liga and still buying so much players last summer, stealing players from Chelsea and Arsenal. He has no talk. And honestly, the money that the Premier League is spending is because they get most of the TV rights. They get more TV rights money than any other league in the world. So it's legitimate the money that they're spending. That's one thing uh, I kind of wanted to bring up is the Super League. Is clubs like Juventus, Barcelona, Real Madrid, they kind of want to break away from that, uh, you know, the structure that UEFA implements where they only get a little bit of piece of the pie from the Champions League payouts. Yeah. Same thing with the the rules that the Spanish and the other leagues are implementing that there has to be a kind of like not payment structure but uh like a payroll cap yeah um how much you can spend they kind of want to break away from that they want to do it a little bit more on the capitalism side it's like hey we earn this money we can spend it how we see fit mm-hmm. okay that's fair but you're kind of ostracizing the smaller clubs at that point too exactly and that's why the rules are there to kind of make it a level playing field because no one wants to see games where one team is just blowing away the other no the purpose of the super league is to make it more on a competitive playing field but you're it's giving not so much power to those clubs bigger, yeah it's never going to be that competitive why do ever why does everyone know the premier league because the premier league fulham can whip chelsea's behind when chelsea's is a, 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 a typically a top six club, a, 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 a club that's fighting relegation like Everton can beat first place Arsenal um, when the time comes because they're fighting relegation. I got a good reference for you. How about Brentford beating Man United 4-0 in the beginning of the season? Exactly. That's why people like these type of things. I don't see the sense of it. And, on, and also the rarity. I know the rarity and the randomization of um, the Champions League is kind of cool because you have to fight for your spot there. And when you get there, you don't know who you're going to face until the draw is made. Whether you faced that club before, before, before or not, every time a match is played in the Champions League, it's always a different chapter. So I said, I understand 
I understand that some of the clubs may need more money because some of the clubs may be going into bankruptcy or heading towards that direction. But for, from a fan perspective, I don't want them to touch it. Like, no. Don't fix what's not broken. Well, and the other thing too is Tebas is is the guy outside looking in, right? You know, he's he's the guy outside of the club hating, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's looking at it, it's like uh, the Premier League. They they're inflated with so much money, and they have a lot of buying power. Mm-hmm. So he's trying to you know shake up the pot a little bit. Is how can we compete with that? They already failed in getting the Premier League's club over. The Premier League clubs, unless they really go on a hiatus mm-hmm. and ditch the Premier League, I, which I don't think that would happen financially. That would also not, not make them. any sense. It wouldn't make sense for them. They would it would destroy their the foundations of their club too. Mm-hmm. Um, so the prem, they signed a contract where they can't join an outside league mm-hmm. pri- uh, besides the Champions League or the European leagues, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they see they see that that financial power that they have because of the TV rights deals. So he, I, I, I don't think he wants a piece of that, but he kind of. Not Jose, uh, not Tevas, but the um, Madrid, Juventus, Barcelona. They're looking at that and saying, "Hey, we kind of want a piece of that." Tevas is looking at that as like, "Hey, you guys got to control that TV spending over there." Mm-hmm. But that's not his business to say that, though. Exactly, like it, it, it uh, doesn't make sense. Super League for me is a no, no, but we'll see how it unfolds as we're going on. Speaking of breaches. Ooh, we got a juicy <laughs> one. Manchester City was found. I think it was hundred and thirteen breaches. From what twenty? I want to say twenty eleven, twenty twelve, to twenty eighteen, twenty nineteen. Whoa! What is going on? So there's problems on the pitch and off the pitch. We'll get to the problems on the pitch and style of play and stuff like that. Um, but for now, Ryan, what? A hundred and thirteen breaches. <sighs> Listen, and the punishments. Oh, I, we don't even know what the punishments. Uh, you know. I know I have the proposed punishments in in front of me. Like they're talking about title strips, um, point deduction, relegation from the league, uh, well, expulsion from the league, which is somewhat relegation. Yeah. Um, all the titles they the one over that the 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 course of those years would be stripped from them. Um, the FA Cups would be stripped from me. It's a whole mess. Listen, it won't. None of this will probably happen now, and it might take a year or two for anything to really happen. I'm pretty sure City will drag this out as much as they can. Yeah, and they'll take but, it to the corporate court of arbitration and all of that. I, I'm sure the Premier League officials. It's like when you're a kid and you do something wrong, and your your mom is thinking of a way to beat your ass. Yeah, so she's thinking is she gonna get you with the spoon? Is she gonna get you with the belt? I'm not trying to say I was beaten as a kid, but you I know, was, I kind of, I kind of, I kind of knew. I was, I was brutally abused. <laughs> they, they whipped my ass as they did. So, what kind of punishment is City getting? We still don't know. Um, my personal take on it is, I I, I would think it's extremely un. It, would you think it's unjust for them to get their title stripped? No, I don't want to see it happen. But I don't because think about it. Look, and the only reason why I think I think like this is, look at if they're in the wrong and they falsely won those titles. Take it from them. Because if you look at the season where Liverpool lost this title twice one from, by one point, that's, that's got to feel rough. And imagine, put yourself as a Liverpool player or, or as a Liverpool fan or any in the corner of any Liverpool. You lost a, 
the, the, the title by one point, and then your acceptance was, oh, they were just a better team, or they just drew one more game more than us, or we just lost one game less, or whatever the case may be, only to know that they, they were cheating all this time. They had all these uh, all this bad infrastructure in terms of signing players and stuff like that all this the, time. The players, they're not at fault for this, but they're the uh, ones that won this. That's true, but how you acquire those players is the big issue. Would those players have gone there if you told them, hey, we're just signing you? And and, and essentially what what they're what one of the biggest breaches is like um is fraud of investment. Like they would hand like let's say you were advertising something for me and I would had had you 30 million and you give it back to me and you just act like you just invest in it from the TV rights deals or whatever. That's no, essentially it's their what's going on. Money. Yeah, it's their personal money and you're not supposed to use that. That's it can essentially come into fraud. Yeah, um, it's laundering as well, what they were kind of doing. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, uh, this is all alleged, by the way. Yeah. Um, Nothing um, is proven yet. 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 So, uh, I just think for them to find so much breaches and for them to be investigating Manchester City for so long, for them to bring it to the full no, that means they actually have concrete evidence. And we'll just have to see how this unfolds. But, yeah, man, it's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. So, all right, so stripping the title, because I, re- uh, I was watching an episode of ESPN FC and Stevie Nichol quoted that it wouldn't feel the same if, the, you know, like, for instance, like, if the players just won a, um, two medals, you know, because of they were just one point behind City on that. I don't think the players would really be like, yeah, we're jumping for joy on that. And, you know, that Aguero moment when he mm-hmm. won City's first Premier League title and, like, how that would impact it as well. Yeah, yeah, I understand. Um, I don't think... I honestly don't... From a personal perspective, honestly, I don't want them to strip the titles. It's already gone. It's not the same, like, if you if it was on the day or in the same season. Mm-hmm. It's not the same. But I I could, honestly... I could live with a point deduction. I probably... I don't even want to see them relegated from the Premier League. <laughs> That's the thing. Well, being on the severity on... Because... Uh, there's still a lot of details on how they're going to, I, I wouldn't say rank it or how the punishment sh- uh, should be done something like yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, maybe relegation should be it. And it's going to kind of put a dent in that club for a couple of years if they do that. But I'm sure with the, their financial pull, they'll be back up. Yeah. Um, The other thing, the point deduction, if they were to do a point deduction, I would love it if it's at the beginning of the season, similar with Juventus. Stop um, lying. You would love it if it's no, right now no. <laughs> for, for Arsenal. No, I'd prefer Arsenal to beat them at the as how it is right now. I prefer okay. it. I prefer that fair fight because it wouldn't feel genuine. Yeah, it, what's 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 victory not competition, right? Yeah, uh, it wouldn't feel genuine. I'd prefer Arsenal beating them fair and square. Uh, obviously, they're going already through so many troubles with Cancelo leaving. Pep's team's not fully functioning. And I'm and I'm looking at it's like yo, this is a perfect time for us to take them. We still have two games to play them, mm-hmm. and City could win both those games too, and could be back in the title race. So. Could be just like that, mm-hmm. but all is not well in that camp, and I I wouldn't want them to get their points diminished. Not now, no, no, no. no. Um, if if it if it is like like I said, the severity of it, if it's coming to that, uh, you know, at the start of the season. So then, do it at the start of the season, yeah. Even before the start of the season, do it, do it at the start of the transfer window, so they know what they're doing. Because a lot of players would leave. Here, here's my other thing too. It's with the Premier League. Um, it took them this long to figure out that they were, you know, with all this fraud. How, how did it take this long? I you know, think... if all the clubs are doing it 
by the book and city or not, and it takes you this long to figure it out. I don't think I, I, I think they have you know they don't you think it's like every year they should be looking into this? Yeah, I think it is, but I th- I think they they've been finding these breaches, but they've been looking to work to find that like, concrete evidence against them before they came in. It's not like they say, "Oh, you're doing this wrong. Let's run to the court. Let's get a fight." No, I think they're trying to build up a strong case against them, so they go to the court once. I kind of feel like Manchester City is targeted, if I'm being honest. Mm-hmm. Like they have some form of ag- agenda, but it is what it is. We'll, I'll just have to read and see how this unfolds. Do you think there are other clubs that could be doing it too within the Premier League? I think all top clubs are doing it. I, I, not necessarily doing what they're doing, but I think all top clubs have some shady deal going on. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember when they saw this and they were like, investigate Chelsea, investigate Chelsea. Listen, is that the case? Chelsea, but Chelsea are I, doing it in play. They're, they're saying, hey, we're, we know how much we're spending. Yeah, because I remember Chelsea did, did, did it differently. One, there's two factors um, that goes into this. That would be shocked if there's any investigation. I'm not saying if there's any like breaches found against Chelsea. One, it was an ownership change, and I know whenever you change owner, when whenever, whenever there's an ownership change, there has to be a budget on what you're going to spend on players and what you're going to spend on um, investing into the club, mm-hmm. right? So now we're just seeing the after effects. Because remember, Chelsea started the, the summer transfer window late last year because mm-hmm. the, the whole ownership change. So. You're, we're actually seeing that money being invested into the club. And what Bollies did is taking advantage of a loophole, spreading the cost of of a hundred more, of, let's say, Magic, for example, a hundred a million pound player. We're spreading the cost of his fee across the entirety of his seven-year contract. Okay. So that's the loophole that they're closing off in summer. If we do it beyond summer, then there's a problem. So no, that's why Chelsea are trying to f- sign the players that they need to sign that they can join in the summer. Um, because st- I think we're still looking for a striker. I know Nkoko is already on his way, but yeah. we're, I think we're still looking for Otano striker. So for but the most part, Mudrik's deal, let's say, uh, he was what eighty-eight. He has a eight-year contract, so seven, for the seven most and part, a half year, seven and a half year. So basically, divide his contract by that, and that's what his transfer cost is for this year, and then it's yeah, per year back. they do it per year, and yeah. that, that's that. And we did the same thing with um. Enzo, but um, Benfica wanted um, more money in a shorter period of time. Yeah. So we paid, uh, I think we paid like 40 million up front and over the court, then they'll get six payments or five payments over the course of the next three years. Right. So, which right. is the loop, which is the loophole in how um, this is getting done. And I think it's brilliant because I didn't even know you could do that. Um, I didn't. I knew you could uh, spread the cost of a transfer over time. That's what they did with Pepe. I didn't think it would count towards the like for the financial uh, fair, play, fair play, but I didn't. I didn't think it could count towards that though. Yeah, it does. Uh, yeah. So, so that's a lot. Yeah, uh, it's, a, it's a lot that's been going on in these leagues. Let, let let's switch gears a little bit here. Um. Speaking of rolling it back to Manchester City here for a minute, um, what do you think of their on-field form? Let's dissect this a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so with City, they're they're still sitting in second place, two points above United in third, and five behind Arsenal. Uh, they still have the two matches, as I said, uh, both home and away against Arsenal. Uh, lately they've lost three uh, away games in a row. Um. And 
their issue is is integrating Holland into that attack. It's not even Holland's fault. Is they can't get the ball to him, and teams, are, you know, they're doing the the sitting uh, sitting back and then breaking ch- uh, sitting on the counter. Uh, and not only that, Pep isn't getting the best out of his players right now. You can see that since the World Cup, his players' forms have dipped. Cancelo was one of them too. And Pep had made a note of it, and I believe they had the fallout from that. That's why he left. Uh, but there, it is something that I want to say they should pick up. It, it all depends on the, uh, the players' reactions to Pep. Uh, it, it, and not only that, the whole uh, dealings with the financial issues that they've been having, that could stir into the players as well. Um, I don't know if it... I can't see, say that it's going to have a positive outcome from it. Um, what about you? What's your take on City? I think it is them not into, them not knowing how to play with a striker that can get 45, 50 goals a season. Mm-hmm. I think they've been doing it for so long, it's affected the team. Um, they scored the same amount of goals that they did last season, but 25 of those goals in the league are coming from one player. Yeah. And and that's it. That's that's what that's what the issue is. Um, and other than Kevin De Bruyne, and maybe when and when Cancelo was there, I'm <clears throat> sorry, we don't really see anyone finding Holland like that. But here's the thing: you you mentioned that Holland has his 25. Uh, what is it? 25 goals. 25 goals this season. 30 goals all cup. That's ridiculous. But anyways, <laughs> no, you're scratching your head because you can't blame him. You you can't blame uh, to blame a striker. No, it's not even his fault. I don't think anyone's saying it's all oh, Holland's the, the fault here. But to say that City are struggling because they're depending on a striker, that's what strikers are for, you know. Um, the same thing with Ronaldo at Juventus when he was scoring the goals, but they weren't winning the league. Well, they they won the league, I believe, once with him. Yeah, once or twice. I'm not 100 percent sure. And they were saying, oh, Ronaldo was the issue. That's, you know, it was good that he left. But he was scoring goals for you guys. Yeah, he, he was you, solving the issue. You know, I'm not saying you got to build your team around it, but you got to build a team to complement that. Yeah, and towards you know? him. like I, I would think players like Grealish or, or uh, Mars would, would, would thrive. Gunnuan, Bernardo Silva, I, I would think players like them would thrive with having a focal point up front. But no. In a couple of the games I've seen, Holland's making that direct run. Um, all you have to do is one ping ball over the top, and it's one nil already. He has the pace, he has the body, he has the physicality, he has the the, the shooting accuracy. Use use him, and it, it's frustrating um, to see that. Uh, the only way to solve it is to have time in a timeout. Um, I wouldn't say training, but this team has to know how to integrate Haaland. Because when Haaland is not up front making those runs, he's not getting the ball at all. So when he does drop in the midfield to take get touches on the ball and kind of build up play, he's not where he's supposed to be. And then Pep gets frustrated, and it's a whole, it's a whole other thing. Oh, fair point. Uh, I think they need Foden back. I thought City at their best was with Foden and De Bruyne pulling the strings, especially with the Foden inter. Uh, you and know the Mars. way he links up. Yeah, Maros was, uh, you know, he started picking up form just around the World Cup era. But Foden, the way he was linking up with uh, Holland, mm. I, I, I think they need him over Grealish, in my opinion. Yeah, Grealish, it's... And honestly, arguably apart from Holland, Grealish is probably one of City's best players 
after after the World Cup. Yes, but it's it's weird because it's, it's weird. Like, the correlation is they're not doing good the, exactly. as a team. Yeah, and when Grealish is your best player, uh, <laughs> this version of Grealish, it doesn't bode well. But it is what it is. It it, it is what it is. I I just. I'm honestly, I, I just want to see it picked up. Uh, from an Arsenal perspective, Arsenal lost against Everton, Everton um, this weekend. Uh, what do you think? I, do you think it was just a bad day in the office? I think so. I don't think any of the players were really there. Uh, we struggled to get shots on goal. And I thought if, you know, if our best team did show up, I do honestly think we could have edged a, maybe a 1-1 draw or a 2-1 win kind of over them. But... That ever uh, the new manager bounces would really got him. Um, if they had Frank Lampard there, I'm pretty sure we could have beaten them. They easy, look like easy. a miserable side with him there, and I don't even want to blame Frank Lampard much, but I think it was the players gave up on him. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I, I agree. I I, I want to say Arsenal play Brentford this weekend. I want this at the Emirates. There should be a bounce from that. Uh, I'm sure the player they're they're in good spirits. I knew a loss was going to come at some point. You know. Mm-hmm. To go this, the whole season without losing like five games is very tough. You know, we only have two, which is good. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it, we just got to take it one game at a time. Um, and then we face City uh, next Wednesday as well. That should be another cracker. Uh, that's that's the game I'm waiting for. Is it next Wednesday? Because next it's Wednesday cha- is it the Champions League next Wednesday? I believe City do not play uh, that uh, Wednesday. Oh, they, they play, play the, the following Wednesday. Oh, okay. So that's a that's about to be a cracker. Um, Newcastle lost a bit of form. Um, they're still in fourth position, but they lost a bit of form. They've been drawing games lately versus winning, and uh, Bruno Gamares is missing. What do you make of this? Um, they're still a resilient team to beat, especially at St. James Park. And with a couple of reinforcements that they got, I think they're going to be looking to make that top four push, but... They got to look to win their games. Um, if you, you can't just keep drawing. You, you won't get Champions League like that, especially now with some of the better teams. Uh, no, I wouldn't say better, especially not Spurs, but the, <laughs> <laughs> there are going to be teams that are going to be breathing down their necks. So if they keep on missing, dropping points, other teams will come up and take that spot from them. So, yeah, they got, they got to find a way to get uh, secure some wins. I understand. I, 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 I totally agree because if Chelsea or Liverpool – God knows we'll get into Liverpool next, by the way. If they start picking up steam, start picking up form, you can see come in. Speaking of Liverpool, Liverpool, they're at free fall right now. Boy. It, they fell off it, a cliff. It's crazy because this was a team that was in contention for the quadruple last season. Yeah, a couple of months ago. Last year, this time, we were talking about them winning the quadruple. They only, they only lost one main player. Sadio Mane. What Do you a think- loss it was for him. Do you think or for Liverpool? Do you, do you think um that's a cause? And I can make an argument that it is the cause because I do think that's a cause. But or do you think it's just the players are just not on form? On um, a bit of it, 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 it is both. Up. Um, last year, main reason why they were in the quadruple is because Monik scored so many game winners. He yeah, was and, one of the main reasons, and I kept, towards the tail end. And I kept saying this: I would choose Mane over Salah any day only because of the consistency mm-hmm. right he would keep his performances at minimum at eight and a half or eight out of ten the entire season Salah would spike to 10 to a 10 for about five to 15 games then drop 
Look and you get the, nothing from him at all. Look at the the two players now. Mane before his injury, he was doing good for Bayern. Salah, he was oh, still struggling. He's struggling, and because of the team, if the team is struggling, Salah's struggling. Yeah, Mane, uh, he would dig the goals. He could create his own chance. Yeah, and, and and remember, Bayern was struggling, and Mane did still score the goals. Yep. So I don't care what anyone says. He's a huge miss for Liverpool, and I a hundred percent think um that's what triggered it. Because even when Liverpool is playing, he would often initiate the press. But here's the other thing: Mon- just because Mane is not there, that's not an excuse for them to be thrashed the way they did by uh, Wolves and you Brighton. And, and you could go down the list. It, yeah. it, it's it's not an excuse. Um, there are players missing. There are players out injured. But Van Dijk is not the player he used to be. This no, he's he. It's like he's missed a step this season. But yeah, even yeah. then, at the World Cup, he looked pretty good. He wasn't that bad at the true. World Cup. That is true. So maybe it's a thing. It Fabinho, is a team Fa- issue, and it's a knock-on effect between the players. Yeah, and uh, Fab Fabinho is not having his best season either. I think Allison isn't step. either. Yeah, so it, it's a whole. It's France a whole is mess. having a horrible season by his standards. Yeah, the be- the best player this thus far this season was Roberto Firmino before he got injured. And the thing with him is his inconsistency, not just his form, is his fitness. Yes. He does tend to pick up injuries a lot. But he is a good, uh, he is that one gelling player that can interlink all the other players. Jota's another big miss for them. Exactly. Lucho, how you said yeah, earlier, yeah, he's yeah, a big he's miss a big for miss. them. Yeah, but when, when, when they both come back, we'll see um, how it goes, uh, how it is. Barcelona picking up form, picking up a head of steam. Yeah, it's clear. Um, there's not much to say about Barcelona other than hey, they're they're doing brilliant. Um, Busquets has been playing well in the middle of the park. I did not see that coming. Um, and yeah, they're they're doing good. Manchester United, Marcus Rashford. He had a great season, Player of the Month for January. Um, he to get that goal against the, uh, Arsenal earlier in the month. Yeah, oh, dirty, was, was, and he just uh, keeps he, he just keeps scoring. He's on form. Nice to see him back. Jaden Sancho is back as well. He scored against Leeds um, during midweek, so good to see that. Bayern, as we spoke about earlier, was struggling as well. Um, they're struggling for form. Uh, Musiala just scored the other day against Wolfsburg. I think it was Sunder. Hell, hell of a player. Hell of a player, but they're not in great form. PSG, uh-uh, uh-uh. Mbappé is injured. PSG is not playing well. Hangover. That's what it is. <laughs> Wait till their players get back, and they're saying, oh, we have a title to play for? I think they'll win it. Oh, wow. Unless, the Champions until, League? Unless, the, unless Marseille sneaks up on them and takes it from them. Uh, Champions League, I don't think they're going to win it. No, no, it's, it's, it's too bad right now. And it's, they play Bayern next week, but we'll get to that in a minute. The best team in Europe right now, who would you say it is? Oh, it's the, it's that blue team down in the Italian coast. Gotta Napoli. be. Gotta be Napoli. The it best has to be team them. in Europe. I would not be. I would love if they win the Champions League. I wouldn't even be surprised. Um, this is me speaking from a neutral as a Chelsea fan. Of course, I want Chelsea to win the Champions League, but from being being neutral, being realistic, Napoli, they, they all eyes gotta be in the Champions League. They're sixteen points clear. The way they're dispatching teams in Italy is ridiculous. My one thing is, I want to see them do it against some of the European teams on the. They already States. did it. They already did it. But they did it against Liverpool and Ajax. They did. They demolished them. But then you you look at it the other ways. Liverpool's already having a crap season. Then Ajax is revamping their side. Teams can do that to Ajax when Ajax aren't playing good. So it's like, 
Can they do this against uh, Real Madrid? Yes, I, they can, because Real Madrid is not playing well as, as well. Oh, I'd love to see that, though. And, and, that's the thing. If you, if, you, if you start going down that road, you're mm-hmm. going to say, oh, if they beat City, they demolish City. City, well, City wasn't playing well either, because they're not. Yeah. Right? If they do it to Bayern, Bayern's not playing well, because they're not. Even Nagelsmann's job is under criticism right now. Yeah. Right? If they do it to PSG, no one trusts PSG to, do, to win anything when it comes down to a cup competition. So that's out the window. Who's going to stop Napoli? Huh? <sighs> it, uh, it's going to be tough. Only Probably only Napoli can stop Napoli at this point. They their their form is red hot. Um, like I said, it, it is. I I think that the the with Champions League how they manage those games we're gonna see. Oh, I I think they won Serie A at this point. They're sixteen points clear. They're they're too far to catch at this point. Mm-hmm. But how they fare in the Champions League is where we're looking at it. I hope they honestly for them. Uh, I hope they win it because their football is too good not to. Their football is too good not to. Uh, when you watch Napoli. When you watch Kravitzkelia play, I'm remembering a young Ronaldo just joining Manchester United. Um, oh. Ashman is a train. He's yeah. Politano. Oh, Anguissa. Anguissa, the, the, the CDM for them. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Oh. Do you see this team getting picked apart at some point? Or do you um, think they can last? Summer. Chelsea, we're going in for Kevin Skellia. We're going in for Oshiman. And we're going for Agnesa to partner uh, uh, Enzo. That's what it is. Tell you right now. million each. Each. No problem. Bowling, <laughs> spend that bread, my boy. Oh, boy. Where you guys are going to fit them, that's your problem. Problem. And that's <laughs> the problem we want to have. Let's, I don't know. But seriously, though. Seriously, though. Seriously, though. Seriously, though. Let's put it back here. Um. Usherman, I think this is the summer for Usherman because Chelsea needs a striker. United needs a striker. I know Hurricane is going to be somewhat available for another club because he has one year left on his contract. But it's going to be between... But I think Usherman is the, is the top prize right now. There's a lot of clubs in Europe. Bayern needs a striker. Um, So there are going to be a lot of top clubs in for him. Real Madrid, to some extent, needs a striker because Benzema is old. Well. So there's... A lot of top clubs are going to need a striker. Kavatskelia, hit or miss, because they, they may have him stay another year to kind of repl- replicate the form, or someone may just take a chance on him. And if you follow what happened with Mahala Mudrik, may go for all mill somewhere. And I, I think know. it's going to be that, because Napoli, they're not going to... The the owner of Napoli, he's not an easy person to deal with. He's like the Spurs uh, owner as well. Very similar <laughs> to how they go through negotiations. It's either you meet his price or it, or his inflated price at that point. Yeah. <laughs> or get out of here. He won't even tolerate you. So oh. that's so, that's the kind of person. Uh, so if, if you're looking at uh, – if any team is looking at any of his players, it's going to have to go for some serious money. Yeah. So I'm, they're, they're, they're playing like this right now. So it is what it is. But, yeah, I do see that team get picked apart because I, I have a feeling – it's going to be like that 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 great Ajax side mm-hmm. that just gonna get picked apart because a lot of good players in there. Marseille on a brilliant run as well. So you brought up Marseille earlier. You said that they're right on PSG's tail. PSG, you know, they're not the best of form after the World Cup. So you 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 really think they could take it over PSG? I hope so. But I, I, I advocate for title races. What's winning the title every season in your league without competition? 
That's one what of the, the reasons why I fell out of uh, watching Bayern and uh, like the, the Bundesliga. German league. Bundesliga. Yeah, the Bundesliga. Bundesliga and the French league is because it's the same team over and over again. Italy is just now it's starting to change. Last year was yeah, so I started, so I started paying more attention to it, and I, and I love it. Last year were the Milan clubs. This year looks like it's going to be Napoli. But yeah, Marseille is only a, a couple points behind. Um, honest, it's eight points behind PSG. Uh currently, that's kind of a big gap for PSG. But when they're playing two or three defeats, and Marseille's in, you know, so. I hope there's a title race, but Marseille's been on good form. Nice to see them back up and running. Dortmund! Dortmund. They're still they're still horribly defensively, but they've been winning games. They haven't Listen, been throwing them away. In in league, all you need is three points. You just need to score one more goal over your opponent. I th- and if Dortmund can con- uh, control up their defense, which I don't think they're going to do it this season. Uh, Union Berlin, they're the, they're the surprise package there. Hard fighting team RB Leipzig. Mm-hmm. They're another team. They've been picking up form too. Timo yeah, Werner. Frank, Frank. Timo. Timo. Who's back? Timo. He's yeah, back. And, uh, and Dominic Sabalzai. Or Salazai. Brilliant. Mm-hmm. Brilliant attacking midfielder. Um, and Kunku is back. Uh, uh, RB Leipzig has just been scoring goals and moving on. Scoring goals, beating teams, and taking names. I want to give a shout out to Frankfurt and Kolomowani. He had a brilliant World Cup final when he came out for France, and he's been lighting it up. He has twenty-eight goal contributions in twenty-eight games. He is—he's going to be the next seventy-plus striker to go. So there, there's actually strikers available for teams this summer. You got Oshman, I think. When I say available, like top, they—they'll move to bigger teams. You At some Oshiman. point, yes. Yeah, expect yeah them so. To. Yeah, so you got Asherman, Kolomowani, and Harry King. Yes. Um, to, and Dusan Vlavic. Because if all of these things hit Juventus, they're going to need to sell players. At some point. So yes. you could see Dusan Vlavic going as well. So the summer, Kolomowani is one to look out for. And Adayemi from Dortmund. Those are some of the new, brightest young players to look out for. All right. Um, uh-huh. Coming up. It's back. February 14, your girlfriends are going to have to wait until the weekend because the Champions League is back. It's the most wonderful the, time that, that's, of the year. That, that, yeah, that, no, that no, 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 we're not vibing with that. <laughs> but yes, Champions League is back and uh, I can't wait. Not only that for that, but for Arsenal to kick in the Europa League, but we'll get to that later. We'll get to that we'll later. <laughs> Uh, one of the big games we got is PSG and Bayern. And, you know, while they aren't the best as how they were a couple of years ago, this is, this is still a big game. Uh, who do you got in this one? I'm going to give it to Bayern. I can't. I will never, ever, 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 five minutes later, ever, 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 trust PSG in a cup competition such as the Champions League. Until they win it, no, Bayern Holly. But PSG have beaten Bayern. Not yeah, in the final, though. Not in the final, though. So Well, it's not going to happen this year, but <laughs> I'm, I'm going to go with PSG. Uh, I think they're just saving their big fish for the uh, for this game. Messi's a doubt and Mbappe is injured. They may be back in the second leg, but if Baron run away within the first leg, it's done. It is in, it is in Park de Prince's first. Yeah. So if they can manage that game and then see how it takes it to Munich, 
I could see PSG edging this one. But you're going with uh, Munich. Yeah. Okay. Fair point um, there. And this is on Tuesday, by the way, February 14th. The next game is Milan versus Tottenham. I'm going with Milan. I don't just... I don't... But Milan is having a bad season. Let me think yeah. about this. I'm gonna give it to I'm gonna give it to Tottenham. I'm gonna give it to Simon Kane and Kulusevski. But Son hasn't been having a good season either. He just recently scored, but that was for the cup. And he'll turn it on. I believe in him. Yeah, Sonaldo, Sonaldo. Where's Woo. Andrew, man? We need Andrew on this. <laughs> it was Andrew to completely tear apart Tottenham. Oh, uh, I I I must sit on the fence with this one. I don't know. I, I, Giroud, he's gonna do it for us. He's gonna do Milan, it for us. yeah, 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 Milan. <laughs> uh, let's see how Milan plays and how, if Rafael Leo is on fire. Oh, you know I'm gonna tip it Milan because Hugo Lloris is out injured, and it's their backup keeper that's playing. And somehow the Spurs have been playing better. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> hmm. Did I not call it that this battle's <laughs> over? Also, Milan's goalie, um, uh, Matt Mignan. He's also injured too. Oh, that's so. one of the reasons because their backup goalie hasn't been doing probably well. Yeah, that's true. So it's going to be the battle of the backups. The battle of the backups. Let's see if Rafael Oak can turn it on in the Champions League. Give us a show. Um, I want to say, not even I want to say, Tottenham do have more firepower. Uh, Tottenham does have the better coach. And I'm going to go with, uh, regret, regrettably, I'm sure I'm going to go with Tottenham. Okay, I'll go on Milan. So one one aside for there. Yeah. Uh, we got Calabruga versus Benfica. Benfica all day. I got Benfica too. They're tearing <laughs> it up in the Portuguese league. They're they're on fire. They uh, lost Enzo. So they, 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 listen, the Portuguese teams they can lose all their best players, but somehow they can turn it up in the Champions League. I don't That's know true. how they do it. But they uh, do it. I was That's just true. reading how Benfica recently, you know, with all their selling. They have made over one $1 billion in transfer revenue. What? Where does that money go? I have no idea. Probably to the owner's pockets. That's fast. Where does the money go? I would love to know where that money goes and how they're not dominating European clubs at this point. You know? The, the, yeah. way, they, the way they do their transfer business is remarkable. Yeah, the, I, I, the I, I recruitment, give a shout out to them. The recruitment is top tier. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go with Benfica as well. I'm going to go with... Benfica. All right. Then Chelsea. Oh, Chelsea. Oh, you, you, said, you don't even want to hear it. You're just going straight for it, Chelsea. All right. Objectively, as it hurts my heart to say, Dortmund is in a better form. The mm-hmm. only thing I'm hanging on to is I can't even hang on to that. We're keeping a clean sheet because we we don't have um we didn't register Buddy Ashid in the squad. But one thing I'm hanging on to is. No matter what, Dortmund cannot keep a clean sheet. And I, I promise you, if we go through that first leg and don't score a goal, I'm going to be so bad. So bad. Here's where I'm going to argue with you now. Uh, you're saying that Dortmund can't keep a clean sheet, but Chelsea, they can't score. Exactly. Oh, yeah. We're having players. In the league, you guys are averaging a goal a game. Where are you guys getting your goals from? Is Felix, Felix will be back, though. Yeah, yeah. Felix, Felix, Felix will, be back. will be back. Mudrick will be there. Um, Enzo is there. We got Sterling back. Or actually, I'm edging Chelsea because we have Reese James back. Ben Chilwell is back. Kovacic is back. We have Enzo in midfield. 
Mahala Mujik is we still have to see what he's what he's gonna go. And then we have Joa Felix up front. We must get fed some goals somewhere. The team will gel and it will come good. I'm saying Chelsea over the leg, over both legs, we might lose the first leg. Just putting that out there. Because we're going to Dortmund. Fair point. We got Liverpool, Real Madrid. On February 21st. Two teams, two teams are playing horribly, but it, you gotta go to Real Madrid. I Liverpool say, has Liverpool, been so bad. They're on another so, spectrum of horrible, horrible. here compared yes. to Real Madrid. Real Madrid, they're at least they, you know, they're, they're at least drawing great. games. They're there's these drawing games, and they're yeah, and it's a Champions League. When you associate, when you think of Champions League, you think of Real Madrid, the clubs that the club that runs the Champions League. So I, I would say Real Madrid. Real Madrid here too. Next, we got. Eintracht Frankfurt. Napoli. Not, that's yeah. never, it's never requested. Napoli. No, no Colomani's goals here. We're not saying anything special. Colomani will score. Okay. We will try to put up a fight, but Kavatskelia, or Victor Oshiman, they're going to destroy that team. And you're pipping them to win the Champions League. Yeah, because no other team is playing well. There's no other standout team right now. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go Napoli. I'm interested to see what a money line bet on, is on that. Uh-huh. Here we go. There we <laughs> go. <laughs> RB Leipzig, Manchester City. RB Leipzig. This is the time that RB Leipzig rises up. Timo will attack. I don't know what I'm saying, but I just think this is the is it's the right time to play Manchester City. Yeah. Unless their form un, unless their form picks up magically and they go on the run. But I think this is the time to play Manchester City and Leipzig has been on a better form. And Leipzig has been scoring goals so fun. Um Gonna go with City just because of their experience. Mm-hmm. I, I think they have enough to see out Leipzig. The issue is they have been troubled. Same thing, clean sheets. Uh, I think Leipzig will score some goals on them. It Might be can, close. If they can manage the game better in the Etihad, Leipzig that is, uh, then they could see through City. But I, I want to say City just might have a little bit too much for them. And mm-hmm. it also depends on their form. Uh, it depends on their form because you know they have the, the game against Arsenal next week, so that could play a part in it too. Yeah, imagine if they lose against Arsenal and get knocked out by um by um, Leipzig. It'd be fun. That'd be massive. That'd fun be massive. times. Fun times. Inter Milan versus Porto. It's a rough is, one. This is a tricky one because we've seen Porto make some runs as well. We've seen them knock out Juventus a couple mm. of seasons ago. Um. Inter Milan's form has been hot and cold, even though they just beat Milan in the Milan Derby over the weekend. And they just, I think, knocked out another team in another cup. I'm going to go with Milan. I'm going to go with the boys from Milan. Latoro Martinez. Lukaku should be back. Lukaku? <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's a Lukaku. shout out to the ESPN FC guys. Yes, yes. Uh, it should be guys. He should be back. But... um. I genuinely, I'm gonna go with Inter Milan. Okay. Um, but hopefully these games will be excited, exciting. I'm gonna go with. <sighs> I think I'm gonna go with Porto on this one. I, while they're not doing as good as Benfica in the Portuguese league, they're still one of those teams that's very tough to beat. So or Inter. Um, just because I want to go against you, I'll go with Porto. Oh my god, here we go. And then, I guess that's what we pick for the Champions League. Uh, we, we still do have some good fixtures, though, in the Europa League. We got a feisty one with Manchester United and Barcelona. We Manchester can't... United all day. 
Really? Yeah. Why? 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 They to me they've been playing better than 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 Barcelona. Yes, Barcelona has more clean sheets, but I think when they get tested the way Ten Hag likes to play, and you'll have Casemiro back. Uh it's, I think it's I think it's an easy wipe for for, for oh. Manchester United. I now, really do think it's an easy wipe. I could be wrong, but I think it's an easy wipe. I'm I'm saying Barcelona because of my Barcelona, you know, ways. Oh my uh, god. But Lewandowski, he's been phenomenal for this team. It's going to be, you know, Rashford versus Lewandowski. I can say it that way, but I think Lewandowski will will get some goals here. Now, here's what I wanted to ask you, though. How serious do you think uh, Barcelona and Manchester United will take the Europa League? Very seriously. It's a must-win for them. It's a must-win for Bar- Manchester United. Um, but And it's definitely a must-win for Barcelona. Because I, I, I would put in the strong argument that United are one of the top four favorites at this point of the season. Yeah, but Tenag wants to take home a trophy. Remember, he signed last summer, and he's trying to change the culture of this this club. What better way than to take a step up and win a trophy, such as the Europa League? Okay. And then gradually transition. Next scene, talking about the title challenge and even challenging to take home the Champions League next season. Now for but the issue with that, I think the issue with the Europa League is any team that plays has to go up against Arsenal, and I know depending on the point gaps in the Premier League, Arteta might just want to take home the Holy Grail in the double. That would I'm not gonna lie to you, that would be a stretch if we're competing on both fronts. I still don't think our squad is that deep enough to do that. Uh, our, uh, Arsenal, who do we play against? Should have done my homework on this one, but if if we were to compete on both sides, and especially since we have two games, uh, we still have to go to Liverpool away. We still have a couple games. I believe we have Leicester away. We still have Newcastle away. Uh, we still have the game against Chelsea as well, and of course the double against City. For them to intertwine Europa League, I, I have a feeling. Our, depending on where we are at that point, I have a feeling Arteta is going to prioritize the Premier League over the Europa League. Yeah, he would love to win the Europa League, but I think that's where we would go for there. Okay, so you think the Europa League is either going to Barca? Um, are you taking the field or Barca, United, or Arsenal? Um, it's crazy because the priority is for each like Barcelona. Same thing. Their their priority would be I want to say La Liga. No, I think they need it because of all the financial levers they pulled that they got knocked out the Champions League, so they need the money. Yeah, it's not it's not a huge win of money that they would get. Um, but it, I think maybe it would be more of a makeup for their Champions League disaster. Mm-hmm. So I could see I could see that maybe. Um, oh, for the Europa League, there's a buy for Arsenal. Mm. I believe I don't believe they play the first round. Mm. I believe. So that yeah, that is interesting. Ah, they're doing it. Th- yep. So they don't play the first round. Okay. Okay. So we'll see. We we'll see how it all unfolds. But um, for that time, I'm taking Manchester United. I'm I'm I I I'm I'm hoping Ten Hag pulls off a masterclass. I could be I could be wrong, but I just be have a feeling that Manchester United is gonna pull it off. And Barcelona is gonna focus on the league, and try to win it. Okay. Do you, 
think do you have any shot uh, or do you see any uh way that Real Madrid could force their way back into the league? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah you could with that El Clasico coming up. Um you win that you're only two points behind and Barcelona I don't think is gonna win every game until the end of the season. Okay. But then again, Mar- Real Madrid has to stay consistent, so we'll see how that goes. Okay. All right. Uh, we got to wrap up here. But sorry for those transitions. <laughs> but yeah, uh, thank you for joining us today at the Final Whistle Podcast. Please remember to follow us at the Final Whistle Podcast on Instagram, the Final Whistle 2022 on TikTok, the Final Whistle 10 without the E at the end on Twitter, and the Final Whistle Podcast on YouTube. I am your host, Javon, and I'm here with my co-host. I'm Ryan, guys. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for joining us. We bid you adieu.